0: How are we doing this morning, Bear Life Church? You're doing good this morning? You excited to be here? Man, it's so good to see you guys. If it's your first time here, first time in a long time, we want to welcome you out here to Bear Life Church at both of our locations at our Moorhead campus and also for at our Grayson campus. Can we go for our Grayson campus right now? Come on, yes. Speaking of our Grayson campus, we had some transition things take place there, which, is, which was really great, and uh, because of that, we have like a new campus pastor, and uh, they're actually here with us today, and I just want to introduce you to the Barrel Life Church family here at the Morehead campus, and they didn't know I was going to do this, so I just asked them real quick if Aaron and Emily, if you would mind just real quick, come on, run up here real fast, real fast, Didn't I was going to do. Can we get up for Aaron and Emily Rayburn? Yes. Come on, Grayson, you better give it up, man, for your new campus pastor. This is Aaron and Emily, they're from Carter County, and uh, they're taking over the lead there at their Gracing campus. And I think it was last week, we, last week we had a Baptist service. We had over 250 people at our Gracing campus. Come on now—is that not amazing. Yes. And they're like just six months into this. This is amazing. It took us forever when we launched uh, the Moorhead campus even to get to that point. They're already out of space for kids. They have babies like crazy in Carter County, y'all, which is awesome. But I just want you to introduce you to our Moorhead campus. And I want you to be praying for them as they jump into this and and take the reins and and lead the campus there. And we truly believe that God's going to use them to transfer this region. So one more time. Come on, Grace. You better get up on your feet. Get up for your campus pastor, Aaron and Emily. Thank you guys so much love you guys. You know, Anne really helps the hot advantage here at the Bear Life Church staff. You're like, uh, we're all like 5'9 and under, so he really helps that, you know, especially. He, he, he's a ball player, basketball player, used to be the girls' head coach there at Carter County, and now uh, uh, we're looking forward to playing some basketball with him. So, anyway, uh, we're excited about this new series called Hurry. This is the perfect series right now for you probably in your life. I know it is for my life. It's been a crazy past week. My wife and I, we celebrate our, seven, our 70, our 20-year anniversary. It hasn't felt like 70 years, I promise. It's It's amazing. We we celebrated 20 years of marriage and on that same day uh, was the day before our kids go back to school. So we celebrated with our kids getting school stuff back together with gas station hibachi chicken. Can I get a witness? That's the only way. It's the best way to do it. But here's the thing. Life is super fast and life is super crazy and it gets faster and faster and faster. It seems like every single day. And with all the technology that we have, at our disposal with everything that can help us be better at time management, to, to, to be on time, to be on task, to stay focused. With all the stuff we have today, honestly, we are less focused and we're always in a hurry and we're always being rushed. And I, I thought about that because last week, if you missed last week, I want to encourage you to go back and watch it because we talked about how to slow down a little bit. If you're in crisis mode, it was really just a crisis mode message, if you're in crisis mode and you're always in a hurry, here's some few practical things you could do to slow down. and—and—and. And, and And honestly, there's sometimes in life it's okay to be in a rush like there's sometimes in life it's okay to be in a hurry. I mean, maybe at work and, and all of a sudden something unexpected came in at work and you have to make, quickly make a decision. Are you hurrying? You got to get things together and, and to rush. I think about many people work at the hospital when a crisis comes in and, and maybe everything's kind of smooth and boom and all of a sudden you have to rush and you have to. Sometimes it's okay to be in a hurry. And and there's there's times in my life, I'll never forget this. This would have been February the 5th, 2015. I, I talked my wife into watching a movie with me. And uh, that's one of my love languages. I love just hanging out watching movies. And my kids know that like, dad, let's make some cookies and watch a movie. And I cry because I'm the girl in the relationship. And uh, my wife, you know, and she just has this habitual habit with about 2.2 seconds into the movie, she's snoring, catching flies. You know what I'm talking about, right? No matter what time of the day, just watch a movie, and she's like, I don't have time to watch a movie, quit being in a hurry, pay attention to the sermon, but that's another message. And, uh, and so we're sitting there, I'll never forget, It's February 5th, it's 2015, and I talked to her and we finally watching a movie, and we watched one of my favorite movies. Uh, there's, there's like my favorite movie, Willy Wonka Chocolate Factory, give a shout to my sister. And, uh, and then uh, there's like Grease, come on now, where's my Grease fans, any Grease fans in the house? You know what I'm saying? And so, so I talked to her and Greece was on and we're watching it. of course she falls asleep. She leans on me. Then she falls over on the sofa. She's laying there. So now I'm just by myself watching my second probably all-time favorite movie. And we get to the end of the movie and John Travolta, Olivia Newton, come on, they're amazing. I just love it. I mean like the dynamic duo in that movie. And all of a sudden at the end when Olivia turns like kind of go wild, she's all blacked out, hair going crazy, big 70s hair, you know what I'm talking about, right? And uh, and John Travolta, he walks out and he goes, he starts the song, he goes, I got chills. I'm multiplying. I'm sorry. Pray for your pastor, man. I mean, you really need to pray for me. Um, and, and, and right there at that part of that song, if you remember, it, he goes, It's electrifying. And he screams. And, it, and our TV, for some reason, you know, when it gets to music, it kind of gets loud and it goes out. And all of a sudden, he goes, It's electrifying. And my wife, she leans up. And she looks at me, dead sleep, slumber, like for the whole winter kind of sleep. You know what I'm talking about. She leans up and she looks at me. She goes, my water just broke. <laughs> and, and here's what a good husband says. No, it didn't. Be quiet. The movie, I gotta watch this part. And she stands up. I said, get the bags, okay? And, and, and we rushed. I ran a red light. Don't tell anybody that. I ran a red light because we're in a hurry. Sometimes it's good when you have to rush. You know what I'm saying? Trying to get your wife to the hospital when the water breaks, that's a good time to be. And so there's sometimes in your life you need to rush and it's okay. But for the majority, the 99.9% of the time, we've got to figure out how do we slow down and how do we stop always being in a hurry? And so last week, I talked about some practical things in crisis mode what do you do? This week, I want to go under the hood. I want to, un, I want to um, take that onion like layer by layer and let's get to the root cause of a heart. In fact, then probably in this series, this is probably the most important message in this entire series that we're doing. And so if you know somebody who may be struggling with some of these things, I want to encourage you, make sure you get them to watch this message. Make sure you send this to them, share it on your Facebook because this, this, this is why are we always in a hurry? Like really, watch the root cause. If we could sit down and just open up our heart, what is fueling your heart? And there's some real quickly we can just. These are quick ones that we can walk through. These are fast ones that, you, if you want to look at, what's fueling your heart. One we talked about this last week is busyness. We're always busy. We're always busy. And people wear the busyness badge as is a badge of honor. You go to somebody and say, how you doing? Busy. How's life? Busy. How's family? Busy. You don't even have kids yet and you say you're busy. What in the world are you talking about, right? Busy. Or how's work? Busy. Well, you probably should be busy at work. They didn't hire you to be lazy. If you work 40 to 45 hours, you should bust your tail when you're at Give it your very best. I'm not talking about being lazy at work. Maybe your job should be busy and you should always be trying to, to do your very best at work. But everybody wears the badge of, of busyness as it's a badge of honor, as that we should stop and give you applause because you're so busy all the time. When the reality is most busy people are broken people, they have surface, surface level relationships because they don't have time to have deep meaning relationships, why? Because they're always busy. And if you're always busy, probably the majority of the time you're not hearing from God because you can't take a moment to stop and slow down to hear what God has to say about it. So don't wear the busyness as a badge of honor. Just because you want to let people know that you're busy so they don't think that you are lazy. Here, here's another one real quickly we can look at is procrastination. Now, you don't have to raise your hand, but probably there's a lot of us, the majority of us, like to procrastinate. Some of you don't, and, 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 and you can work through that. But for, for the most of us, procrastination is just, it's just on the list, right? I mean, if you think about it, when you think about procrastination, it means you presume that you could do it tomorrow, If you really, and I don't have time, I was going to do a whole entire message really just on procrastination, because this is very important. Because most of you, when you procrastinate, and most of you, this this has been for me too, this would be like me my whole life, is that you presume that there's going to be a tomorrow. The Bible says you should not presume. You're not even promised tomorrow. Now, if you sit here and you think about, okay, I don't have to do laundry today, I'll do laundry tomorrow, i put it off, i procrastinate because it makes me have irritable feelings and I just want to look at it and you let it pile up. Okay, you let it go and then you, you know, you, you've got to hurry on the weekends, get it ready. You know, that, that's, that's one thing. But when God pricks your heart and he tells you that you should go share your faith with your co-worker, you should invite them to church and you assume that you can do that tomorrow, that's a sin. When you make the presumption that you have tomorrow, that you can play God, that you think you can guarantee. That's why the Bible says, so don't say to yourself what city you will go to and you'll make a living there and a year from now we'll go to that city and I will change job there. You are not promised tomorrow. You are not guaranteed tomorrow. So when God tells you to do something, do not procrastinate on that because that's a sin. And you presume that you could do that later and you don't have a guarantee of later in your life. And for most of us, the reason why we're always in a hurry is because we procrastinate, we put stuff off, we put stuff off, we put stuff off. And, and, and really, we need to take a look at that and examine our heart. That was another whole message in the talk that we could talk through. But really, a lot of times we procrastinate because really we've got poor time management. I mean, really, at the end of the day, because most of us, honestly, we probably have pretty good hearts and motives in the things we do, but our time management skills are not too good. And, and we sit here and we want to blame everything else. I know what someone's saying, Pastor, I will definitely take a time management course when I can fit it in my schedule. Some of you will get that and you have permission to laugh out loud in about 20 minutes when that clicks. And you're like, I just don't have time to do that. I don't have time in my schedule. And we just have bad time management. Like, these are the person who always says are always late for work. And you're late for work and you, and you rush to work and all of a sudden you get caught by a stoplight or you get one stop traffic for just a second and then you walk in the office, I saw him late, I got caught by all the stoplights. I'm sorry I'm late, I, 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 traffic was just backed up and, 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 you know, we have three kids and there's a circus right over here when school starts back, I don't know if you've ever been there before, here at the Moorhead campus, and you've got to drop them off at three in buildings and you sit here and do all the algorithms of the timing to get through everyone, and the best time to leave the house to make sure you could beat the traffic and it seems like why well, I just had to drop my kids off at all three campuses so I, I'm sorry I'm late for work. Like there's all, all the same. when the reality is you stayed up too late last night. Or the reality is, really, you could have got up 10 minutes earlier, but you decide not to do that, and you don't have to worry about making an excuse and being that person every time you show up, like, you know, I just, I got caught. Like, you live in with no margin. When really, all you really always have to set your alarm 10 minutes earlier, and you probably would beat that, and you'd probably be on time. See, it's poor time management skills, and you get into this habit of making excuses, and you fall into this trap of always being hurried, and you don't know what that does to your body when you know you've got to be on time, you're wondering what people are going to think, you're going to walk into the office late, and you get this shoot of stress hormones in your body already when you're already trying to get your kids ready for school or trying to get to work, and you sit down, find your chair 10, 15 minutes after you're supposed to be there, and you take a deep breath, and you worry why you're always stressed and anxious with your hurried, busy lifestyle when it could just be a time management issue. Honestly, for some of you, you're lazy. You're just lazy. And it could just be that you're lazy about it. And the Bible has a lot to say about being lazy. A lot to say about being lazy. For some of you, you have a lack of perspective when it comes to procrastinating. You just don't see the big picture. You don't understand the whole thing. And honestly, for some of you, it's because you're perfectionist. And perfectionists Actually, there's a lot of it. All this is really rooted in pride. That's really the whole gist of if you want to talk about all this. Perfectionism is rooted in pride because it has to be perfect. But if you wait till the perfect time, the Bible says you'll never get anything to accomplish. And you're wondering why you're in a hurry because you're always a perfectionist. Now, some of you perfectionists need to hear that. And you need to open up and deal with that. Well, I'm just wired this way. Quit hiding behind your DNA and how you're wired this stuff when you can have self-control and say, I got to think through these things. How do I set this stuff better in place? Those are things to walk through. And then the third one real quick is really, you just don't know your life's purpose. And when you don't know your purpose in life, you're unfocused. And when you're unfocused, you're not focused. And when you're not focused, no wonder you're hurried, no wonder you're rushed, no wonder you're busy because life you don't really care about because you don't understand your purpose. I may dedicate that whole entire talk on the last Sunday of this series. I've really had to discover your purpose to know what God put me on playground on this planet Earth that we that we have here to, to accomplish what He wants in my life. And so when I walk through this and personally, and I really honestly, I'm just going to I stepped all over my toes before I step on yours today. And, and I want you to know there are several things that's in our hearts that causes us to hurry. Several things. Worthlessness, pride, arrogance. We could go on and on and on and on and on. But I want to share with you, and I'm going to be really honest with you and put our cards on the table. I'm going to expose to you the ones that I struggled with. The sin that I struggle with that's in the core of my heart that keep me always in a hurry, busy lifestyle. So I want to let you know that I'm coming from experience sharing to what God has dealt in my life. And I had to have heart surgery and he had to deal with my heart issues to say, well, how do I, how do I start to slow down, enjoy life, enjoy my kids, enjoy my family, enjoy this crazy awesome ride that God's given us here at Better Life Church. And, and how, how, do you, how do you do that? at such, a, at such a, 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 a healthy pace. And so I want to share with you honestly, and if this speaks to you, I hope it does. If not, this is really good for me just to confess and get this out of my heart, uh, the things that I dealt with personally, and maybe you will find yourself dealing with the same things. Here's one. I'm only going to talk about two of these i will going spend most of the time on the second one because I think, honestly, deep down inside, this is probably, that's probably the biggest one, it, it is the, the one of the reasons why you're always hurry or always busy, if it's not because you're a procrastinator, it could be time management skills. I think those are the easy ones to start with, right? Maybe just get up 10 minutes early. Maybe I could get better on a counter. Maybe I could stop making excuses. Maybe I can learn not to, have to be a perfectionist all the time. Like, if you can get past that and you realize, okay, that's really my heart. Honestly, I'm just lazy and I just gotta quit being lazy. Awesome, great, you can fix that. If you move past those and you start looking at the really hard issue, there's two I wanna unpack real quickly for you. The first one is this is unsatisfied. Is that maybe the reason why you're always in a hurry is because you're just not satisfied. You're not happy. On the outside you're happy, you're smileful, you're you're playful, you're joyful, you're you're nice to people, whatever it may be, but inside you're, you're not happy. You're unsatisfied. What I mean by that is that you're not content. And the reason why you're not content, you always have this false perception that the grass is greener on the other side, that if you slow down and stop, you're going to miss opportunities. It's really, you got like kind on of the fear, the FOMO, the fear of missing out. You're going to miss on opportunities. So you always got to be fast. You always got to be moving. You always got to get your head up. You always got to be looking because you're worried that maybe someday you will not have enough that they may not be there. This is like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm always going through life, I'm always hurry, I'm always rushing, I got this inner rush going on, I gotta find what's the next big thing, what's the next big move, what's the next promotion, what's the next degree, what's the next certification, what's the next management job, what's the next piece of property that you could buy, what's the next stock you could buy, you set all the notifications, you got Zillow notification you exactly when something comes up for sale. You want to know exactly when the stock market is a certain place. You got to make sure you got all your notifications on from Fox News if you're conservative, CNN if you're liberal, I don't know what, if you're in between where you watch there, and you, you got to make sure you have all both sides notification comes on and you just want to make sure that you have all the information at the same time so you can make sure you make the right decision, the fast decision to be the first one there. And what's behind all that within you is because you are not content. You're not content for where you are. In fact, some of you are probably jealous of what somebody else has So you're always moving, trying to get to the next place so that you can fulfill something that's a hole in your heart. And the reason why you rush and the reason why you move and the reason why you've got all this inner rush going on and you've got all these notifications in your life, you want to make sure you know when someone posts something for sale on Facebook, you want to make sure you know you're the first one to say happy birthday, you want to make sure you're the first one that you like when it posts up. you got all these notifications pops up and when you click this, when you do this, when you buy this, it gives you a temporary rush but then just a couple days later, you're back to it again because you're not content and you're not satisfied In fact, I would say your heart is unsatisfied. And this really spoke to me, Ecclesiastes 4.6, from the second wisest man that ever walked the face of the earth. This was Jesus was number one. Here's Solomon. Here's what he said. It's better is one handful with some rest than two handful of toil and chasing the wind. Some of you need to let that set in. He says, it's best just to have a little in your life, but be at peace, to have rest, in your soul, and in your heart than to have a handful of stuff of two things, working 9 to to, 12 to 12, whatever, working all the time, trying to accumulate more, get more, because you have a lifestyle that you want to live, because you have a lifestyle that you project that your kids want to live, because that's a big lie that we say to our kids. I want my kids to have more than I have. I want my kids to have better than what I have. I think for some of you, that's doing injustice to your child and you want a lifestyle for them because you want it yourself, which mom and dad, you need to check yourself. It's in your heart, not your kid's heart. Your kids don't want presence, they want your presence in their life. And so you've got this high lofty goal and I want to live this, I want these toys, I want this next, and you work and you work and here's what you say, you, we work hard for what we have. To what, to lose rest, to lose your soul, to lose your children? so that you can have two in your hand and say, look what I've done, look what I've acquired, look at the barns that I've built and the stuff that I gather because we have a lifestyle that we want to live and that we want to give for our kids. I I wanna go with Solomon here. I'd rather have a little in my hand and by George Beard to lay my head down at night and sleep with rest and peace than to work all to get to the end of my life. As he said, watch this, it's like chasing the wind. Have you ever caught the wind? Can you catch it? What is he trying to say? Wake up. It's vanity. You spend all your life trying to accumulate, all your life trying to get this empire, all your life trying to live a lifestyle, all because you think it's going to make you happy. Folks, I know a lot of people with a lot of stuff that's not happy. In fact, I would say this. If you're not happy now with nothing, you definitely won't be happy when you have a lot. It's just, it's, it's, it's counterintuitive what you think. And to some of you, the reason why you're so rushed and you're so hurry, deep down into your heart, is because you're not content and you're unsatisfied. Because you think you need more, you think your kids need more, you think if I had just a little bit more money, if I had just a little bit more of this, that, maybe we could have a better lifestyle, and maybe we could we could have a little bit more fun, and maybe we could look back and we can make these memories. That's great. At what cost? To damage in your heart, to damage in your soul, to hurting yourself physically. To wake up one day and you realize you've told your whole life and really like, man, I wish I just had a little bit and been at peace in my heart. This is a very powerful passage that I think we shouldn't just skip over that you really need to take a die. Say, am I just chasing after the wind? For the next rush, the next high, the next piece of property, the next thing I could flip, the next thing I could buy, the next, the bigger, the better, the faster, the next job, the next career. If I could make more money, put more in retirement. You're like this. And what happens when you rush all the time, and this is what was big for me because I'm a visionary. I live in the future. I always think about the future. I'm always on the next mountaintop, looking to the next mountaintop. I know there's always a valley you have to go to to get to it, but I'm on the next one. And I had to figure out how do I work through this? And this is not all so much about things and stuff It's for church what's the next big thing what's the next thing for the church where's the next campus where can we go for the next place how do we reach more people how there's lost people dying going to hell we can't sit here and do. we got to go after people what's the next and so even in a positive way can wear you out and you got to figure this out. just how do you be content in the lord paul writes like this in philippians he says not that i've have ever, I was ever in need. For I have, watch this, learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live almost nothing or with abundance and with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, scarcity or abundance, whether it's a full stomach or with a plenty or a little. Here's the secret, I know that I can do either one of those with Christ because he's in me. He will give me the strength in my poverty, he will give me the strength in my abundance. He's with me, that's the secret sauce but I don't want you to miss what he said. I had to learn to be content. It's not natural for us to be content. Listen, you know this if you have children. As soon as they can grab something, they come up with this word and what they say, mine. Who taught them that? Their mother. But that's another story. We'll get to that later. We'll work through that. We're working on that. You don't have to teach a kid to be selfish. You don't have to teach a kid who want more. It's bent within them. Paul says you have to learn to be content, that this is enough. That's okay. I'm not going to kill myself and wear myself out for a lifestyle or, or for my kids to have a lifestyle or so I can have an extra degree behind my name. You know how you pronounce PhD? <laughs> <laughs> Let that sit in for some of you. And you're, and you're chasing for the next thing and the next to, to lean a ladder against the wall, to climb to the top of it, to when you get to the end of your life and you realize the ladder was leaning against the wrong wall. For what reason? Just give me my kids and my family, my hibachi chicken, that's all I need. You know what I'm saying? Like, when did we get to the point that's enough? It's okay. It's okay. And I'm preaching to myself, and this is thing over probably a, two years ago that's really been a change in my heart. And it's taken me that long before I feel like I'm ready now just to share this with you, that I've walked this out in my own life, that this is where we need to get to. Here's a, I told you I was going to spend the most time on the second one, but this one's a big one. And this is, I think, really what's behind the the hurried rush lifestyle is because you're a people pleaser. And you're more concerned of what people think and I talked about this last week. We've got to learn to start saying no to stuff. And the reason why you can't say no to stuff and the reason why you say yes to everything is because you're afraid of what people are going to think about you. And the reason why your calendar is full and you move from the next curricu- extracurriculum activity to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next, is honestly is because you have a people-pleasing heart. Some of you, you know you're a people-pleaser. Some of you don't know this yet. You're blinded by it. And you're wondering why your calendar is full. You got to say yes to every event, yes to every birthday party, yes to every activity, yes to every outing, yes to everything that your kids want. We don't let our kids play every sport. Well, that's terrible. No, it's not. No, it's not. We limit that. And see, a lot of times we, you want your kid to do everything, you let them do everything and go everywhere because you're afraid of what they're going to think about you and think you're a bad parent, which makes you a people pleaser. And the reason why you can't say no to things is because if I say no and I don't show up, they're going to think this about me and they're my, one of my closest friends and if I miss their party, they're going to say, well, they just don't care about me. You mean you're such a people pleaser when you text someone, they don't text you back in two days, but you saw the bubbles come up and they never responded, you're thinking they think something bad about you. And the reason why you can't say no is because you're afraid of what people think about you. And I struggle with, honestly, with most of my life through this. Yes, I have scars in my past, codependency and all these issues and fear rejection and left behind and left alone. I've got these things. And as I've worked through those childhood moments of my life, but there came a point that I had to be at every speaking engagement. Every time somebody asked me to speak, I had to speak. Every time somebody wanted a wedding, I had to do a wedding. Every time someone needed me to go to the funeral, I went to the funeral. Every time somebody needed a visit, I was a visit. And not because of the motive was to make Christ and lift him up and glorify him, it's so that you wouldn't think bad about me. I would never say no to nothing. And finally, all the internal pressures and everything within me in 2010 crushed me. And in 2010, I hit a wall and about took me out. Underneath behind all that in that discovery was I was way more concerned of the fear of failure, fear of what people think about me and the fear of rejection. And it almost took me out. And so I'm standing up with you and say, listen, if you're a people pleaser, I've been there, I've done that. And you've got to face the reality, like, how do I get to the point where I'm not afraid of what people think about me anymore? And the reality is this, I just didn't know who I was in Christ. People pleasers really don't know who their identity is in Christ. And I finally had to realize who I was in Christ and all this fear of rejection that I carried back with me in baggages for years and just wanted to be accepted and just want people to like me, which makes it all about me, which is a deep, dark side of pride. People with low self-esteem and insecurity have a deep, dark side of pride. See, you think arrogance is pride. If someone's prideful, they're boastful, they're arrogant, they're cocky. And you're like, oh my gosh, look how arrogant and prideful they are. There's another deep, dark side of pride, and it's called low self-esteem. People with low self-esteem, insecure in who they are, and what people think about them is a dark side of pride. Why is it? Because in your mind, you see yourself performing at a higher level that you can't hit. And when you can't hit it, you think less of yourself. And when you think about yourself, that's pride. See, you don't even know that. And that's, that's what the enemy wants, It's this deep, dark side of pride. Well, no one likes me, no one cares. no one invites me, no one asks me to be at the party, no one asks me to come there. I have to say yes, because she will say, she'll get upset if I don't respond back and do this. And should we go? They invite us over. But they're, ah, ah. And you will add things to your calendar because you're afraid to tell people no, because you're afraid of what they may think about you, which makes you feel bad about yourself. But then you complain on the other side that you're always in a hurry and you're always And it's a vicious, endless cycle that eventually will take you out. It will take you out what people think about you. And I'm honestly, gonna be really honest with you. If you are a people pleaser, pastoring is a bad profession to go into because everyone talks about you, good and bad. With the several thousand people of influences that we have all over this region, people talk good and bad. And you. And then people say all the time, you better have thick skin if you're going to get into ministry. I didn't and it about took me out because I want you to care. I want you to like what we're doing. I want you, I don't want you to say like, I don't like me. And I had to get to a point, everybody's not going to like me. Not everybody's going to agree with me. And that's Okay. That's okay. And it took me so long until 2010, until I crashed. And for the last nine years, God has been doing a great work in my heart. And the good news is this is so, this is what's so good is I don't have to preach for acceptance. I got to the point realized I I don't preach for acceptance. I get to preach from acceptance because I'm accepted in the beloved. He's called me. He's chosen me. He's anointed me to preach the gospel, whether you like me or, or not. So I had to get to that point to accept my identity, who I am adopted into the family. I'm no longer an orphan. I now have a heavenly father who cares about me. And if he loves me and he's for me, who could be against me? They didn't even like Jesus. Everybody didn't. And so you had to get to that point. You said, well, shouldn't you already know that? Somebody's like, well, that's stupid. You shouldn't be a people pleaser. Well, when you come from the baggage and you have the issues and you have to work through things in your life, you begin to believe the lies that people are going to reject you. And here's the reality. I had to get to the point that not everybody's going to like me and they will reject me. You say, why does this matter? Proverbs 29 says this, fearing people is a dangerous trap. And I lived in that trap for most of my life. Fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety and there's freedom and there's things to move. You see, fear of failure is based in this people-centered worship. I worship what people think about me. I worship self-approval. You know what that's called? Adultery. And it's a sin. Because you worship what people think about you. What people think about you and their feelings toward you gives your feelings back to yourself. That is pride. That is sin. And it's one of those things you're like, well, no, my life's good. I'm really not sinning, but I really care what everybody thinks about me. I'm more concerned what people think about me than what God thinks about me. That's Adultery. And one of the first commandments that you should have no other gods before you and you made people in front of you your God. Who you think cares about you the most becomes your God. And for some of you, that really hurts. But I've walked through that and I've been there and I've had to repent and get before God and say that I'm not concerned about what man thinks, but what you think. This is a trap. And this trap is dangerous because it will cause you to miss God's purpose for your life. It will cause you to stop growing in your faith and it will cause you to be someone who you're not. And you will say yes to every event and you'll say yes to everything on the schedule. You'll say yes to everything your kids wanna do. You'll say yes to every single thing and you wear yourself out all under the badge of business but really under the badge, I'm a people pleaser. And I wanna help set some of you free this morning. It's okay to say no and not everyone's gonna like you and it's okay. And if your best friend or close to best friend gets upset because you didn't show up to their child's fifth birthday party, then they're not your friend. And if your heart's right and your heart's pure and they think something against you, you're not broken, they're broken. And I had to get to that point in my life. And you can get there too. Some final thoughts real quick is this, even Jesus didn't please everybody. Quit trying to please everybody with your calendar and be at every place at all time and wear yourself out and wonder why you're so much under stress. You have this hurry sickness syndrome because you can't say no. You don't need anyone's approval to be happy. That is your choice. You don't have to have anybody's approval of you. Who cares if they liked your picture on Facebook? Who cares if they liked your Instagram picture? Who cares? You don't have to have their approval to be happy with your life. You don't have to have stuff to be happy with your life. Because what seems important to you, honestly, is temporary. This life is just temporary. It's just a vapor. You know that, right? As Solomon says, like chasing the wind. You're going after stuff. What people think about me? More stuff. Better future. If I just had more toys. If I had this. I have a lifestyle I want to maintain. Blah, 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 blah. It's like trying to grab the wind because eventually it's gone. It's all gone. Everything that we're trying to live for. And so what seems important now, you can learn to say no and slow your calendar down. I only have one person to please. This is what first the for. This is what Paul writes. Our purpose is to please God, not people. He alone examines the motives of a heart. He's the only one. Paul writes in Galatians 1.10, obviously I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If I was pleasing people were my goal, if that was my main objective, I would not be Christ's servant. I'd go and do something else that makes people happy. And so here's some things you can do. When you begin to get in a hurry, which for most of us, that's our lifestyle, stop for a moment, ask yourself this question. Why am I in a hurry? Really ask yourself that. If you find yourself saying, hurry, 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 get in the car, get in the car, get in the car, hurry, hurry, we gotta go, go, go. In your mind, while you're still moving towards the door, ask yourself, why am I in a hurry? And begin to see, is it, that I schedule something I shouldn't have scheduled? Is because really... I had bad time management, and I should have got up 10 minutes early. Okay, well, we know the solution to that now, right? Like, stop for just a moment and ask yourself the question, why am I in a hurry right now? Because if you, we have four kids, if you don't leave no margin, you're always gonna be late. Because I promise you, it never fails. You're walking out the door, and they look at you, and they go, Daddy, I gotta do number two. You know what I'm saying? It never fails, it never fails. And then what happens, we get there and we're late. and said, I'm sorry, we just had a thing at home. And Johnny just, uh, well, really, we could have got up 10 minutes earlier. See what I'm trying to say? Before you start making all these excuses and we live in these victim times and the excuse me that, let's just stop and say, why am I in a hurry? Why am I always late? Why is my calendar full? Look at it in advance. Am I trying to please somebody because I can't say no? Am I procrastinating? Am I perfectionist? But how do I work on these things? You can stop and examine this. Ask yourself, why am I always in a hurry? Because knowing the cause, that, that's what's causing you to push. When you figure that out, it can alleviate pressure in your life when you begin to work through it and deal with it. And letting go of this inner rush, and that's kind of what I titled this morning's message, the inner rush in your life. If you can let go of the inner rush, this will allow you to experience a better life. And when you experience a better life, guess what there is? More joy more peace, more rest, more love. And for that, that means there's a healthier you, there's a better you in your life. And so examine your heart. Why are you always in a hurry? I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads. That's only two things. And those are the two big things I think that keeps people always busy. You're not content, or you're a people pleaser. We can unpack some more, and there's some more that's in behind that of worthlessness, and and which really falls into the people pleasing. And but if it's not procrastination and time management and perfectionism, and you can work through those things, but really look at your calendar as an admit because I'm just not content with my life where I am. I got to have more, always want more, got to get to the next level, got to get the next thing, grab the next property, grab the next stock move, grab the next promotion, get to the next job. I'm constantly putting my resumes out, bigger, better, something's there. Upgrade, upgrade, upgrade. It, 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 if that's you, you, gotta, that you really need to check your heart. Because please hear me, there is nothing wrong with having things. And there's nothing wrong with trying to be the best you could be. There's nothing wrong with going back to school and getting that degree. I'm not, I'm not saying that but examine the heart and the motive of why. Like I really want to get to the point in my life and listen when I say really want to get there. That I'm 100% completely yielded to everything that God, God, what do you want to do today? Here's my calendar, but interrupt it, change it. What do you really want me to do? What do you really want me to buy? Where do you really want me to go? and just completely yield to Him. I'm on that journey. And that takes time because I got a lot of baggage and lies to work through, but I'm one step closer. And that's really what we're asking is today, examine your heart and see if any of this couple of things might connect with you. The greatest decision you can make today at both of our locations is to give your life to Jesus. Like maybe the reason why you're not content is be, and you're searching and you're always rushing is because you're trying to fulfill a void that only Jesus can fulfill. Give your life to Jesus. You could do that right now. In fact, you could cry out to him and say, Jesus, I need you. I believe that you came for me. I believe that you died for me and I believe that you got the grave for me. And I believe that in my heart. That's you, and if that's you right where you said, you can cry that out right now. Whether you're watching this online, whether you're traveling, you're at our Grace location or Moore location, you can do that right now. Just cry out to him and say, Jesus, I need you. I believe you came for me. I believe you died for me. Forgive me of my sins. Now help me follow you every day of my life and live for you, not for others, not for what I think, not for what I think is best. Help me to slow down. And really be content with anything and all things in my life god we want to thank you so much for your word god i personally want to thank you for working in my life and healing me and the wounds in my heart the lord what the enemy used for evil that i pray today you will use it for good that people's eyes will be opened by the Holy Spirit that they are people pleasers. And they need to work through that. Let, Lord, their eyes will be opened, they're not content, they always got a bigger, better, want more, all this stuff, they're not content. And that's a God issue, that's a heart issue. And they would examine their heart. And Holy Spirit, we're just gonna trust that you will have your way in our lives. And you'll lead us to the place where we will, as your word says, are content with even just up in one hand, but with rest and peace and more joy and more patience, and more kindness and more self-control and more goodness and more faith because we've slowed down to be attentive to your spirit working through our lives. We ask you, Jesus, to move and do this in us. For it's your name we ask and we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us online today. If while watching this message, you were led to take a next step or made the decision to start following Jesus, we would love to celebrate with you. Let us know on our website at betterlife.church slash next steps. To stay connected throughout the week, download the Better Life app and consider subscribing to our YouTube channel or podcast. Lastly, if you'd like to support what God is doing through this ministry, you can give online at betterlife.church slash give now. We're praying you have a great week and hope to see you again soon.